Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed. You can catch us online at sknr.net. You can also catch us each week at uh, BJ Shea's Geek Nation on ksw.com. You can go to their website, or you can catch uh, the simulcast on our page. We appear on the Pinal, P-I-N-A-L, central.com, network of newspapers, keyword skewed, and, of course, we have Skewed and Reviewed, the magazine, which we're getting ready to work on our September issue very soon. I'm joined by Justin and Michael, as always, and we're going to discuss Gamescom and some of the new uh, game stuff that's uh, happening in the world. We may have a slightly shorter-than-usual show. There's been widespread Internet outages across the country, and since we're all up and recording right now, we're kind of in that don't test fate and make sure we get the show in. But, uh, of course, we still have plenty of good stuff. I do want to open with some DVDs, uh, all from Warner Brothers Home Video. First up is Deep Blue Sea 3. That is obviously the third film in the series. This is a direct-to-video um, sequel to the second film. doesn't really uh, have a huge connection to the first film, but I was really impressed with the picture and sound quality on it. There's a lot of really good underwater photography that uh, really surprised me. I did not expect it to be that high quality for a direct-to-video release, and it was entertaining. Sure, there are no stars in the cast, and the plot's kind of all over the place, but uh, there were some really interesting uh, takeouts by the shark, one uh, or two, actually two that I can think of that are very memorable. And uh, so, you know, if you're a fan of the series, you're a fan of sharks munching on people, you do want to check that out. Another film uh, series that you do want to look into is Bad Education with Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney, and that is available uh, Warner Brothers Home Entertainment as well. It's an HBO production. We have the complete fifth season of Supergirl is available on Blu-ray Digital Code. It's got the entire um, season. It's got all five DC crossover episodes in the bonus content, so you definitely are going to want to see that, as well as the best DC TV Comic-Con panels from 2019, the deleted scenes, and gag reel. Um, if you need another good HBO original series, I had uh, heard of this, and I'm really getting a chance to get into it and enjoy it. It's a film, excuse me, a TV series called Succession, and it, we have the complete second season, which includes um, all 10 episodes, and it also includes uh, behind the scenes with storytellers and invitation to the set. The final thing, I have not had a chance to watch this yet, but I did want to mention it, is a new 4K Ultra uh, Blu-ray and digital code combo is the latest DC animated film. This is DC Universe Superman Man of Tomorrow. And obviously you have Superman, you have Lois Lane, you have Lobo, and you have Parasite. And it's got all sorts of special features, including Martian Manhunter Lost and Found, a sneak peek at the next animated DC Universe film, and plus uh, two bonus cartoons from the DC Vaults. So I'm looking forward to checking this out really soon. So guys, we had a pretty busy week. It was pretty heavy with games due to Gamescom. But of course, uh, before Gamescom, we got the big reveal for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. So, Michael, why don't we start with you? What do you think? Well, I'm really excited for it, honestly. Uh, it's one, again, I've kind of talked about how the Call of Duty 
series has been one of I mean the Black Ops series has been one of my favorite but I've been kind of disappointed in um, the last release or so uh, it looks like it's kind of going back to its roots um, the single player campaign at least from what we've seen and again we don't know how long it's going to be if it's going to be a five hour campaign or if it's actually going to be a, a true single player campaign that stretches over like 10 or 15 hours but from what I've seen it looks amazing um, one of the things that you know that I really found entertaining or interesting was the fact that this is, they said there's going to be a sequel to um, Call of Duty Black Ops the first one which by far is one of my favorite Call of Duty um, games and is certainly my favorite Call of Duty Black Ops games. Uh, they did show the little car bomb thing, which is always fun to drive around and, and blow up people with. Uh, and obviously, the graphically it looks outstanding. Uh, so I think you know we kind of talked about last week how the Cold War era is, I think, a really interesting time frame. You know, we got to see some digitally uh, created Ronald Reagan in there. Um, you know, growing up in the '80s myself, this this kind of time frame really speaks to me a bit. Um, it, it you know kind of talks about the height of the Cold War and it looks like it follows after um, Vietnam and into um, you know how the beginning of the Cold War and then going through into the 80s. So uh, again, it looks you know I'm really excited about this. I'm super excited about the single player campaign. Um, again, some of those have been kind of hit or miss. Um, and then obviously there was the the issue where there wasn't a single player campaign released. So obviously um, seeing that they put some effort into that looks like they really showcased that more than the multiplayer. Um, again, the multiplayer is always fun. I've always been a big fan of Call of Duty. I like the smaller map sizes. I like the more intimate um, gameplay. It tends to be I tend to favor it over Battlefield only because Battlefield tends to be much larger maps and I. The way I play, I tend to get killed before I get anywhere, and it's about trekking through back to where I can go fight again. Um, so I've always liked the Call of Duty, um, more in-your-face combat, the, the smaller maps. And in general, again, the, the time frame looks amazing. Graphically, it looks like they've really um, gone out of their way. And, and again, how much of that graphic fidelity are we going to see on console, and how well is it going to play with all the bells and whistles turned on on PC? Hard to say. Um, so things like real-time you know, real tracing, sometimes that works well. Um, sometimes that tends to lag things a bit because, again, it's going to be based on, you know, how the new consoles manage that. It's also going to, you know, determine on how your home PCs can manage it, you know, for the first release uh, prior to the when the uh, new consoles come out. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I like the story. Uh, I love that it's going to be a, a sequel to the first one, which, again, is one of my favorite Call of Duty games of all time. I, I played the most of uh, Black Ops probably than I've played any of the others. Um, and the and the story was amazing. So yeah, I'm I like what I'm seeing so far. I, I like that they kind of went back to the drawing board on this one. It seems like I mean we were kind of getting in the uh, the doldrums, but with um, the recent modern modern warfare release and now with the new Black Ops release, it kind of looks like they're back to hitting their stride. It felt for a couple of years um, that these the Call of Duty franchise was kind of just kind of lingering on what they did well. Yeah, they would add new. Um, maps and they would add new gameplay and that sort of stuff but the the stories and and the, it seemed started to feel kind of samey to me but i think they've really stepped it up with modern warfare recently and now with uh black ops um you know cold war it looks like they're going to do the same so yeah I'm, I'm i can say i'm actually excited about this call of duty released more than i have been you know for quite a while and justin i know you don't play the series very often but what uh are your takes on it yeah, so like you said, uh, you know, Call of Duty hasn't really been my thing for for a while. Uh, I was a huge fan of like the early games, um, and then I sort of uh, fell away from the franchise uh, around like when Modern Warfare Two came out. 
uh, Modern Warfare 3, I think, was the last one I played. But, um, you know, uh, this this one, I think, has actually sort of impressed me the most uh, so far. So I'm actually kind of optimistic um, and look really kind of looking forward to it. Uh, I'm, I think the last time we spoke about um, uh, this topic, uh, we hadn't seen the trailer yet, but it had been announced. And, you know, I'm a pretty big fan of, like, the Cold War setting. Um, and I've always thought that, like, uh, setting a, a Call of Duty game during that time period, I think, would have been a really cool idea. So fi- they're finally kind of doing that. So there there is that aspect of it that has me very interested. But, uh, you know, I was actually really impressed with the trailer, and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. And I think this one might be the, the one that brings me back, uh, you know. Um, so it, do- it does look great. Um, and it, it looks very impressive. And... Um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. I think one of the great things about it is they announced right off the bat, which I think is fantastic, is that it is going to have crossplay, which is the, something they brought in in the last one in Modern Warfare, which has been great because I've really enjoyed being able to play with my son on the uh, on the game. And uh, they also are going to have cross-generational crossplay. Uh, as it was announced, you know, people were saying, well, what if I get the new system? Can I do it? doesn't matter. You can still play any any of the platform it plays the game. You're going to be able to play. And that is really important because on September 9th, we're going to get the multiplayer revealed. Now, Treyarch, who is doing this one, always has the zombie mode. So I think we can expect a zombie mode is going to come in the game, as well as the traditional deathmatch. There's a lot of talk that Warzone is going to continue and that they might be somewhat linked that... Black Ops Cold War is going to be linked to Warzone just as um, Modern Warfare is linked to Warzone. So that may continue. Uh, you know, we'll definitely get an idea what to expect from that. It's coming out in November. So, you know, that's something uh, to definitely look forward to. I, and of course, right now they're doing the, as they do, if you pre order it, you get to go into the multiplayer um, beta. I know there's something with the Call of Duty World League where they're giving out. I, I want to say it's ten or 20,000. I think 20,000, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, beta keys, so people can get a chance to go in there and play it and, uh, you know, go for that. I always enjoy that because traditionally we get a shot at it um, early August and then the PC one comes out. And uh, I, you know, have lots of memories of literally the night before we're leaving uh, for Seattle for the Penny Arcade Expo they release the PC version of it and uh, then I have to download it and play before we, you know, head to the airport and that sort of thing. A lot of funny uh, things. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they have. I know um, the other news of the week that really caught my attention was the announcement of the brand new Borderlands 3 uh, DLC. This is the fourth and last of the uh, planned paid DLCs. That's not to say they won't do something down the road, but of course, at this point, that is what they have. When they uh, released the game, they announced four DLC, uh, four paid DLC packs is coming, and they have done that, excuse me, or are coming, better um, clarification on that. And so we have that uh, in the future to look forward to. One of the things that really stood out to me is it's uh, going to bring in Krieg, who's a popular character, and it's called Psycho Krieg and the Fantastic Fuster Cluck Revealed. 
um, well, revealed as the new B DLC, and it's coming out on September 10th, so we're not going to have too long to wait for that. And then right around that time, that is when PAX Online is going to kick into high gear, and we'll be talking about that uh, a little later. So the main thing I wanted to discuss is we had Gamescom this weekend, and uh, just wrapped up. We had Gamescom uh, online this year because obviously people were not going to Cologne, Germany unless you were Crash Bandicoot. They had a fantastic video before some new footage from the new game of Crash going through the streets of Cologne, going to the arena and essentially looking very confused as to where everybody was. And I thought that was kind of a bittersweet but funny uh, intro and so, Justin, why don't you start us off? Tell us what you found interesting and, um, you know, if you like, what surprised you that wasn't there? Yeah, so I think, uh, as we spoke about last week, uh, we had some pretty high um, hopes for Gamescom. There was a lot of hype uh, being generated online about the reveals. And, uh, you know, it, it sort of made sense just because, uh, and I'll re reiterate uh, some of the reasoning I had, um, I thought that given that there there have been pretty light showings from all the companies, uh, you know, around the E3 time, um, and you know, with E3 being canceled, it made sense to me that like a lot of the stuff that we were that we would have saw at E3 would have taken you know a couple extra months to get ready to to show to the public uh, because of everything that's going on in the world, and so it seemed to me that it lined up pretty nicely with Gamescom that Gamescom was going to be kind of our big show this year um but uh you know i'll be honest it was a little bit of a letdown i mean given given the hype but um at the same time it was actually pretty much in line with a usual gamescom this is actually kind of uh, almost exactly what a normal gamescom is like usually uh like i've made the point a couple times before gamescom can range a little bit in terms of how much they show uh some years they you know you you sometimes get some big game that gets shown there or a couple big games that you would sort of see at, at E3. But, um, you know, most years it's kind of like this where most of the showings are, uh, you know, kind of mid-level uh, developers, you know, uh, indie, a lot of indie titles get shown there. Um, a lot of like uh, European developers that, uh, you know, are a, a little bit smaller in scale and maybe not be like a triple A title, but, you know, maybe like a, an A double A title, uh, if, if that makes sense. Sort of like your middle mid level uh, games that you would you would normally expect to see. Um, you know that, that aren't huge headline hitters, but uh, are still you know pretty interesting, pretty interesting ideas. And that's kind of like what happened with with Gamescom this year is very much in line with the usual Gamescom, with a few exceptions. You know, uh, Call of Duty. Uh, you know, technically wasn't shown at Gamescom, but just before it. Um, but so you can kind of lump Call of Duty with Gamescom a little bit. Um, but they showed some other things that uh, were pretty cool. So they showed the trailer for the first DLC of uh, Doom Eternal, which we knew that was going to be shown here. Uh, looks great. Comes out pretty soon. Comes out in October. So I'm pretty excited for that. Um, they showed a little bit more of Star Wars Squadrons, which you know look, also looks pretty interesting. Uh, I'm a, always been a big fan of the Rogue Squadron games, so this seems to be kind of in line with that. Uh, they showed the next World of Warcraft expansion. Uh, I'm not, I've never really been much into World of Warcraft, but um, you know it's kind of cool that they they showed that there. 
Um, beyond that, you know, a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of smaller titles. Um, there's a, uh, a game, I think, being created by 3D Realms, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ghost Runner, uh, which has been shown at a number of other events. And that looks kind of neat in terms of like a, a parkour um, ninja type game that's set in a cyberpunk world. Um, so that looks pretty good, too. Uh, but like I said, you know, kind of in line with a normal Gamescom, which I guess given the, you know, that what's going on in the world, that that is kind of surprising that they've been, they were able to facilitate that given that most of the other uh, venues have not been able to do that this year. Yeah, that uh, Ghost Runner that you mentioned, I actually played an early version of it. It can be a little tricky if you're someone like me, it does not like time jumps. And once you start getting those down, they have to incorporate the combat in with it, too. So you have to start learning patterns for how the enemies attack. But it, it was fun, and it is, you know, challenging. So that's really what you want. And, Michael, your takes, please. Yeah, so one of the things they did say is that it wasn't necessarily going to be a bunch of new footage they were going to be covering. The idea was to cover more in-depth with some of the games that were already out. And I think to that, that area they delivered on. I mean, I'm pretty excited about Age of Empires 3, um, the remaster of it. I think it looks fantastic. Big fan of the Age of, Age of Empires 2 remaster. And again, I was a big fan of those games in general. Also, I think, you know, we got to see a little bit more of Call of Duty, which we kind of discussed earlier. Uh, Dragon Age 4, yeah, we, I was kind of hoping we'd see a little bit more out of Dragon Age 4, but at least we saw something. You know, they kind of talked about character development uh, how they're going to be bringing back some of the favorite characters. They kind of did a lot of one of these, you know, behind the scenes kind of thing where they kind of show some of the artwork and they talk about, you know, how they're all Dragon Age fans and what they're trying to do that's new with this one and how they're trying to make it, you know, about the characters. So, you know, it wasn't a lot about the game itself, but at least we got to, you know, it looks like they're moving forward in a positive direction with that game. I'm a huge fan of this Dragon Age series. So I've been waiting for Dragon Age 4 for a while. So I'm, I'm pretty excited, obviously, to see that. Um, one of the things about World of Warcraft Shadowlands is I think they, they're talking about adding real-time uh, ray tracing to World of Warcraft. Um, and it looks like it'll be fantastic. Will this be enough to get me to pay, pay for a subscription again? Uh, I don't know. I, I love World of Warcraft. My biggest problem isn't so much the gameplay itself. I love playing the games, the time investment that it takes to really get involved with some of these things. Um, but I do, I, it is exciting that considering how old that game is, how it continues, they continue to improve it. They continue to release, um, you know, add-ons to it. They continue to add additional content to it. Um, they, within the, the graphical space, they continue to, to improve upon it. And, add, you know, just all in all, I, I'm impressed with, you know, as, as successful as World of Warcraft has been for Blizzard, one would have expected by now that we would already have World of Warcraft 2. Uh, that tends to be what happens with a lot of these companies when they have a successful um, game. They try to, you know, build a sequel to it, expand upon that um, with varying success. I know with I played Ashton's Call back when it was re initially released, and when Ashton's Call 2 came out, it fell really flat, and it actually was canceled before the original Ashton's Call was canceled. Uh, but it just kind of shows that a company, when they if they can create a graphical style that will last. And again, I think we're all surprised how long World of Warcraft has lasted, um, considering it came out in 2003, 2004, somewhere around there. Uh, I mean, considering how long the game has been around, 
again, I, I like that they continue to release expansions for it, that they continue to push the boundaries of what that engine can do. Um, so all in all, I was pretty impressed with that. Um, obviously, Leg Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, uh, we sat in, you know, Gareth, you and I sat in on E3 presentation with this. And I don't know that a lot of people realize that this is not a rebundling of previous Lego Star Wars games. This is actually a complete redo of all the Lego Star Wars games, uh, episodes one through the latest episode. So it doesn't only include the the latest um, uh, Star Wars, uh, you know, stuff, but it's actually a complete, they completely redid it. Uh, they've redone the, the visuals, uh, redid all the voice acting, because for those who remember, the original Star Wars Legos didn't have voice acting, it just had the, the grunts and, you know, noises that the Lego Star Wars uh, folks made. Um, and they've actually added a bunch of content to this. So I'm actually very excited about Lego Star Wars um, because, again, it's, it's going to be a completely massive game and it's going to be a completely new experience. So even if you've experienced and played through all the Lego Star Wars games and you're thinking this is just a bundling with the Rise of Skywalker added, that's not what this is. It's an actual re redone version of all of those games um, with, you know, again, voice acting, better visuals, um, all in all, I was impressed when we saw it at E3, and I'm honestly very excited for when this comes out. So, yeah, I was, I was again, happy to see the things that we already knew were coming. There wasn't a lot new introduced, um, but, you know, see some of the Ratchet & Clank gameplay, which is going to be a release title, they say, for the PlayStation 5. I've always been a big fan of that um, that, that series as well. So, all in all, you know, it was, it was just more of what we had already seen coming out. Uh, and, you know, nothing that I was like, oh, this is a shock. I'm surprised that this was here. But again, we did get to see a lot more um, of what we already knew was coming out. So I think all in all, it was a it was a good show. It was entertaining. Uh, and I was glad they were able to pull it off, given you know how things are going today. Yeah. And I think next week is going to be pretty key because we'll probably see either one of two things happening. Either companies pull back and get quiet right after a trade show or they hit you up with a lot of information, then go quiet. And because of the nature of the way things are going right now, uh, in that you had Gamescom and now you have PAX. I mean, I was sitting here looking at our calendar and had the world not been completely crazy, we would have been in Anaheim right now finishing up Star Wars Celebration, coming home for a few days, and then heading up to Seattle for PAX uh, over the Labor Day weekend. But of course, that's not happening, and their PAX is going to uh, mid-September so we may see a lot of quiet uh, time as some of the companies try to decide um, I think you know by this point they should probably have already decided but I think the whole situation that we keep talking about is how do you fill nine days we've not had anyone try to do more than four days which was uh, San Diego Comic-Con with Comic-Con at home so how do you fill nine days? Are you, you know, we know they have some panels, but is it going to be a lot of um, reruns? Is it going to be just some recaps and stuff? Who knows? But uh, they said there'll be a media presence. We're still trying to figure that out. So far, a lot of shows have not done really much with the media other than, you, you know, you confirm your credential to essentially uh, make sure that you're on the list to receive the press releases. Uh, who knows? Now, the week ahead is going to be very interesting. And of course, we can't go into the week ahead in gaming without mentioning the tragic passing of Chad McBoseman that, I mean, honestly, completely caught me off guard, was extremely unexpected and is absolutely 
um, you know, devastated the entire community, uh, not only for his fantastic philanthropic work that he's done, but for his, um, you know, numerous film roles. I know that ABC is going to be showing Black Panther uh, uncensored and uh, without any interruptions tonight. Of course, it's on Disney Plus as well. Uh, so you definitely do want to check that out. And the reason I mentioned that, other than it's only appropriate to be uh, passing that along, is that Marvel Avengers is coming out this week. And it is a bit uh, bittersweet in that, um, while he wasn't one of the characters I played during the beta or during our PAX meeting, it only stands to reason that somewhere down the line he'll be one of the unlockable characters in the game. And so uh, Marvel Avengers is due out this Friday from Square Enix. It's going to be on uh, PC, PS4, Xbox One. So if you haven't had a chance to look at it or look into it, you'll probably want to check that out. And sports fans, we have NBA 2K21 uh, from 2K Sports and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, which is the remastered versions of those classic games, are uh, coming out as well. All right, guys, so uh, shorter than usual show due to uh, the tech issues and everything going on in the world. Anything else you wanted to add before we wrap things up today? Nothing for me. Yep, I think we're good. All right, well, thank you, folks, so much for listening. Make sure to tune in next week, and we'll uh, be back to our regular length show. Until then, take care and stay safe. Bye-bye now.